Screen Tone Club is supported by listeners like you through Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Screen Tone Club to sign up and get monthly bonus episodes and other perks besides. And welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is episode 143 of your fortnightly manga discussion podcast. My name is Elliot Page, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Hanley. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing very well. I, I feel like I should have come to this podcast lined up with jokes about February, but I'm all out. I can't think of any good jokes about February. Well, you know, it's short enough that by the time you think of any, it'll be over, so... <laughs> There we go, uh, we did it. <laughs> oh, wow, oof. Comedian of the Week material right there. Um, cool, so yeah, let's just get straight down to it. Um, first of all, shout-outs to our shout-out tier members, Mr. Rob Jessup and Sigurd Gert. So many thanks for supporting us on our lovely, lovely Patreon, which you can support if you wish to get extra episodes of the show. Um, and yeah, let's just get down to it, shall we? Uh, do you mind if I take first stab, I suppose, Andy? Yeah, yeah let's go. So my pick was the single volume um, series See You Tomorrow at the Food Court. Um, as a look behind the curtain, it took me three attempts to write that um, sent that title correctly because each time I would end up in a different structure, like, you know, trying to figure out what words go where because it's such a malleable phrase. Um, th- this is by Shinichiro Nari. Um, translated by Co Ransom, um, they of uh, Monogatari light novel fame and Twitter, as it turns out. And it's published by Yen Press. It's complete at a single volume. There's no anime. You can get it physically or digitally. And it weighs in at just under 200 pages, you know, with like a bonus chapter at the end. Um, and so this is kind of like, um, I'm probably going to misrepresent this, but it, it's very much a comedy series about nothing. Um, <laughs> anime Seinfeld, anime Yuri Seinfeld, as it turns out. Um, so this is kind of going off of the cover. And this is very much a case where you can judge it by its cover. We have a slight chalk and cheese pair of characters. You've got Wada, who is a long black-haired kind of quiet withdrawn girl in school they're both in high school of course and then you've got Yamamoto who is the like um doled up um hair done um slight tan um gal style character but they're friends due to reasons that get explained but they're friends and they're not in the same school anymore but they meet up at the local food court in the local mall um i guess there's some that still exist somewhere and they kind of just shoot the shit and talk about nothing and everything it's very much a fly on the wall style series where one of them will get their bee in their bonnet about something and it will spin off a whole conversation um a rather depressing amount of it is about mobile gacha games so i get the feeling it's gone back in time and put a fly on the wall from when we all played school idol festival um and talked about it endlessly um you know insert other sort of gacha game um it even has the plot line where character um wada um rolls a very rare and powerful character that she doesn't initially like but then oddly enough the power of numbers makes her start to like him um um yeah see Sky- school idol festival discussions once again for that sort of phenomena and yeah so it's just these two friends kind of slightly yuri Beatty ish hanging out and being good old chums and talking shit and you know there's a bit of kind of you know um oh what's the phrase but you know they're not who they seem in the yamamoto is quite serious she likes studies with flashcards she's quite sensible and earnest despite her looks or maybe even because who knows but you know it's kind of camouflage and same thing with wada where she looks like prim and proper student but she's a bit of an idiot and a bit abrasive quite honestly and not the most pleasant person um which you know the slightly ojo sama rich ish vibe helps to keep people away from her so they don't realize that she's kind of a, a bit um a bit rude and a bit abrasive and so you have this odd couple style tendency where they kind of complement each other in a weird way um and they you get into the story of how they met which is actually kind of a nice sort of backstory and one that i was expecting there to be a weird twist to um that it kept hinting at but then no it turns out no this is actually just very earnest and straightforward they're friends because of reasons in past and 
Yeah, and there's like a third girl they kind of reference and you see like a grand total of twice who is also load bearing, um, who is kind of a secondary. But yeah, it's it's kind of a manga about nothing. And as a result, it's quite pleasant to read. And, you know, it takes place on one set. Like it's a single set, single static camera sort of sitcom because they're just in the food court the whole damn time and everything takes place there. So it kind of exists within these very pleasant constraints and executes i suppose would be the rather mundane way of putting it i i came away really liking this um you know it's not going to blow your mind but i found it very pleasant and very nice to read and the level of comedy was never like full-on laugh out loud but it was always like sort of a slight rolling sort of snigger um we was like oh this is quite funny look at these idiots um interspersed with mild frustration at wada um but andy i've gone on long enough what did you think of this um, yeah, I absolutely adored this. Like, kind of perfect, no notes. Um, th- this is one of those. Rare- I-, I feel like I often say in this podcast that th- th- it's like, oh yeah, this is exactly the right length. Like, I think it. Oh probably, yeah. You know, it-, it finishes. You know, exactly when it should. I'm not sure I do for this. I kind of really wish there was more of it. Because um, yeah, like it's just kind of a perfect encapsulation of friendship, and I think especially that sort of like teenage and sort of younger years friendship, where it is just like you just kind of want someone to hang out with and yeah. you just find somebody who you can just comfortably sit and talk nonsense about whatever and like sometimes the conversation turns to more serious matters but more often than not it's you know it's some kind of nonsense um from you know based off of i know some youtube video you saw that day or some weird <laughs> conversation you heard someone else having and you're just like hey what do you think about this um and it just does all of that really well like you say you know kind of much like a friendship like it's not I- even your funniest friend is not gonna like crack you up every minute of every day it's just generally entertaining to chat with them and to have a back and forth with them and that's kind of the vibe that this gives me of those two characters it's like yeah these two characters are both having a good time apart from like that inevitable friend thing as well where you kind of get on each other's nerves with something and like there's a you know there's a really good little kind of pivot in this series at one point where it's like you know uh wada ends up kind of like meeting this this boy who used to have a crush on her and is suddenly all like ah maybe i'll get a boyfriend and just like is really like particularly obnoxious on this front mm. and it kind of like causes a bit of a a bit of a rift and a bit of a falling out with them and then it's just like eventually it just kind of resets by default of just like ah yeah whatever like we, we, we're both being, being dumb about this so let's, let's just forget let's that on. happened for our yeah, own sake basically yeah it has that sort of back and forth where as i say wilder is quite abrasive um in like a fujo sort of man self-obsessed slightly manner um but it's one of these things where they're good enough friends that they will let enough slide but then even so sometimes they'll go like hey that's not cool you know like maybe don't be that aggressive and you can tell that's kind of got the right level of tension to it of like well they're my friends so they should understand but also they're my friends so i don't want to lose you know that sort of idiot sort of gap where it's like oh man like communication is difficult even when we're both really friendly with each other like i don't quite know how they're going to take this um kind of problem and you know you get the funny part where like you know, Yamamoto kind of ends up like weirdly sort of like not really one, not really meaning to, but ending up becoming defense force for that YouTuber she likes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, it's, it's cool. I, whatever. Like it's really, it's one of these funny things where it's like, this is an argument for reasons that neither person can really divine. And maybe you just need to pull the ripcord on this conversation before someone gets upset. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I do really like, I, I've, I've forgotten the name of like that kind of third character that like you say, turns out very sparingly, but that's a really enjoyable little kind of arc in itself where like she starts out as kind of like the butt of one of Wada's jokes. And then it turns out that actually like that there's this weird sort of tangential link between the two of them. And then it turns out that that girl is also just kind of nice and friendly as well like, and shy you know, a, really yeah like there's a point where like yeah like yamamoto is not around uh which is you know a whole chapter in itself and like she's the one that comes over is just like oh like where is she like what's what's up you should have just come and hung out with me instead like i'm, I'm just here hanging out at the food court as well so like we, we should we should just hang yeah i feel like there's like a it's almost like an inflection point in this series where it could have carried on for a lot longer or at least another volume where it brings the third character into the friend group. But 
for reasons that I don't know, maybe the author just thought it was time to move on, that it kind of just ends. You know, it's it's very much a case of like, yeah, you know, people will continue having conversations, maybe not in this exact form or fashion, but, you know, we'll leave this little look into our friends, um, you know, lives for now. And it kind of just quietly ends. Um, like, if you worry about spoilers, then spoilers for the next 30 seconds. But I was possessed for a while that Yamamoto was actually the friend that Wada pissed off, but with a different makeup regime. But then at the end, it says, no, they are two different people. Look, here they are both existing in the same space. And I was like, oh, I don't know why I fucking started theory crafting this like extremely relaxed rom-com, but I guess I've been reading too many light novels or something and constantly theory crafting them. So yeah, that, no, that'll, te- the- that'll teach me. <laughs> there's definitely a point where it feels like it's internet that by exclusion and then it turns out that like yeah it's actually not doing that at all and and, and again that's that's one of the things actually i really like about this whole thing is like the whole kind of what is backstory of like you know how she had a best friend and kind of lost her it, that is also the most like best friends when you're kids things of just like oh, sure. you are just two inseparable friends and then suddenly some weird little thing happens it's just like now we don't talk anymore um yeah i, I have even- had that exact thing happen like I I know one or two people that that has happened where for for reasons that are too stupid to even think about like it's just like oh yeah why aren't we friends anymore uh, uh like what so yeah, you know yeah like it's, it's just kind of perfect and then even kind of like y- Yamamoto sort of like how she became friends with Wada is also just a really good it's just like yeah I don't know you just seemed like a chatty person that didn't have anyone to talk to so I was just like eh, yeah I guess I just came to say hi and it's just like it, it's that classic yeah you just start talking to someone and before you know you don't even kind of have that conscious like oh yeah we should be friends it's just yeah I don't know I guess it just happened and now here we are just hanging out at a food court every day yeah because that's the best thing they've got because you know like they say it's like well we don't want to keep spending money maybe we'll get some food but we can just hang here like yeah. what they're gonna do chase us out yeah um, and, 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 and I mean even that like that's that that sort of perfect like teenage experience of like you know you you can't really go and hang anywhere because it costs money so it's just Mm -hmm. like where is the free place that you can hang like you know it's either just like a park or somewhere like this which i i feel like i i almost want like a spin-off of like this this food court because like kind of like you're saying like there aren't many sort of shopping malls around anymore this does feel like it's on the down and out because there aren't really they're pretty much the only customers there most of the time there's there's the odds kind of other person or two that kind of crops up you know there's the, the the aforementioned third girl but this is not a busy food court like this is one of those like it feels like if it's close enough to their school you'd expect it to be like heaving with students it's like no they're, they're not they're not doing so great i, I suspect i mean I, I presume at this point it's just not cool enough to go to a food court you know it's i i i I, at saying that i would have killed for a food court when i was growing up because they're in my tiny ass crappy town there was nowhere to go to hang out um especially somewhere where you wouldn't get like other kids rocking or annoying you or getting up on up on your grill and so instead so now it's like as you say also like there is a certain economy to this series where it is far far easier to draw an empty food court or the fact that very sensibly they sit in a, bo- a booth against a wall and so that's quite sensible from a economy of drawing perspective of yes there's a wall behind them i don't have to draw stuff when i'm yeah. pointing the camera and there's even a bit where it feels almost like the author is talking through the page at you when they say like hey how can we sit side by side and we don't sit face to face and they're like i don't know it's just how we do which yes that's how friends operate they just do things sometimes but also makes it a lot easier when you have to get both of them in frame <laughs> for yeah. drawing it yeah exactly but i mean the, the food court does kind of yeah it also works as as like a, a conduit for stuff because obviously like you can't have a manga like this without having like some food talk and food gags and it's like well okay you've got plenty of yeah it's a food court like it's right there in the name yeah um and then you know it gives them an opportunity to like well of course there's going to be like a fucking crane game machine in the in the food court so yep. that's a chapter handled um and it, you know it, it is a really useful a really useful you know place to stick this thing just because there's a bunch more stuff happens than perhaps if you're just at a park or something yeah i mean this is a real weird tangent and i i am saying this as someone who has watched perhaps like a grand total of one hour of this show all told but it reminds me vaguely of friends where it's like hey we've got two sets we've got the two flats and then we've got the coffee shop and the coffee shop is useful because you can have the camera pointed at the fake street outside so you can get dry characters drive by and then run 
rope them into the conversation without having to have a stretch about, well, how do we get this character here? And it's like, well, it's a coffee shop. People walk past the coffee shop. Like, you don't need to contrive a... Re- like, if you said it in a sawmill, it's like, well, why would they be near a sawmill? Like, you know, Twin Peaks or some gar- something. But, like... Yeah, a food court, as you say, is super, super flexible in that regard. And also, you don't need to worry about it. It's just like, yeah, a food court is open, but also is somewhat the ability to hide away from things. Um, you know, you're not going to, like, see someone and hunt them down unless you've got a reason to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and I mean, it's yeah. like even the whole thing was like, you know, Wilder and this boy that had a crush on her. It's like, it's really easy. You're just like, oh, he's just randomly turned up at the food court with his yeah. girlfriend. And he's got a tray of food, out. you know. Um, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's easy to, to bring characters together, bring characters characters in for whatever purpose you need but yeah i think agreeing with you uh, i definitely agree with you what you said earlier where like i would have loved more of this but at the same time i i'm very happy with what we got and i don't know maybe the author just thought it was time to call time on it and you know more power to them and respect to them if they just said yeah i think i'm done with these two like let's just put this to bed before i end up dragging out for 20 more volumes or some nonsense um so yeah yeah, no, no, very happy with what we got. Yeah, this is just like, it's just a delight at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it's a nice single volume. It's well translated. It's, you know, it touches on a lot of things that are funny. You know, like I say, the YouTuber sort of conversations, the mobile game conversations, the fact that both of them, you know, they're into different sort of things, but they'll listen to each other. And so you do get that very nice element of fish out of water or perspective of like wait i don't understand why you're what why what no that's why are you doing this and it's like oh well you know i'm doing this so it's kind of nice just to have as i say just bullshitting um bullshitting the manga yeah Um, yeah and uh, yeah like you know the the two main character designs are really nice and kind of well well utilized oh yeah you know it's kind of it's not really massively into sort of you know like over the top manga faces but you do get good faces though you do get good good faces nonetheless it's very good at kind of like expressing that stuff whether it's a bit more subtle or a bit more forthright and again like some of the comedy stuff that that does really land kind of you know comes off the the back of that i mean it's like one, one of my favorite bits is just like it's a whole chapter about kind of what I'm, I'm talking about how she doesn't she doesn't like spicy food and then of course <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna eat it anyway which again it's like the most friend we've all had a friend that does that like oh no i, I can't i can't stand this stuff and then just yeah. like chows down on a massive plate of it anyway and then like it's just like ah spices like what did you think was gonna happen here? yeah that that's that's also got some great faces um the the chapter very early on where this series went from like this is nice to oh i really like this was they're talking about english homework and like learning english and you know it kind of reveals that wada is not the brightest bulb but also has zero compunction to study at any point and kind of is like fuck all that and so you know yamamoto kind of drops a bon mot on her and then the the end of the chapter is a whole full page spread of wada turning around stamping and yelling i don't know um which is really funny just as like a i don't know it's a real funny single page of just like oh okay this character is an idiot and but is gonna won't be she won't be denied the last word like you know it's like the character who will not be denied having the last word in the conversation whether you like it or not and it's like, yeah, this is, this is peak, this is peak friends joshing around horse shit. And you can bet that, like, if there was another page after that, it'd be people going like, what the fuck's up with those two? <laughs> it'd be like super <laughs> embarrassing and you wouldn't live it down. Um, yeah. but yeah, good. F- that's when it really went to like comedy. Like it kind of reaches the, the comedy levels of like something like daily lives of high school boys, except not quite as insane, but it's like, oh, this is good fun. Like I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, um, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, a, a very good time was had with this for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's and also it look as you say, it looks nice. Like it doesn't ha- it, it saves time for backgrounds because it's a food court and you get lots of good expressions on the characters. Like both of them have a lot of really good faces and you know they are being teens, teens being teens. Curse them. So yeah, I don't have anything too much more insightful to say about this apart from yeah i re- i'm really glad i took a punt on this and yeah 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 like i I, th- I think this is definitely one of those like if this is in your wheelhouse and it, you've read similar kind of series and and you know have enjoyed them it's like this is this is kind of a a tier one of those um so it's definitely kind of worth worth grabbing and consuming and again as a single volume as well like you know you're, you're not in for the long haul you can just take it enjoy it and then you're done yeah i feel like if if there is any justice out there left uh, maybe we can try and 
lobby for a one of those little five minute anime um slots um for this you know little shorts um, yeah it, it is the <laughs> the irony like I, I feel like if, if this had run longer for multiple volumes it might have kind of managed to squeeze an anime adaptation out of it although you don't really get many series like this anymore it is one of the things i've been kind of lamenting with the yeah. know, rise of isekai and stuff you don't kind of really get these kind of sweet just like oh yeah just characters hanging out kind of uh slice of lifey things very often yeah i'm I, I swear to goodness i'm not trying to use this as a weird like insult broad brush thing but it it has that slight vibe of twitter manga you know mm. where it's like oh i posted a chapter of this on my twitter and it blew up like i'm yeah. not i don't know if an, i did I don't, there isn't an afterword in this i don't think um it's certainly not in my notes i don't think there was one where maybe that's what happened who knows but you know a common enough story although sometimes that turns into oh, this was a story I posted on, you know, Rano Bay, and suddenly I've got 26 volumes of light novel under me. Whoops. Um, stay tuned to our previous um, bonus episode for talking about that sort of thing happening. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, that is, see you tomorrow at the food court. Um, yeah, really, I, I, if you if it sounds good to you from this, then I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, go go read it at a food court for full meta value. Well, I did read it at a cafe. Um, yeah, there you go. Close enough. Close yeah. enough. There wasn't a crane game nearby, sadly. (laughs) If only. Okay, and we're going to take a brief break and be right back. And we're back. Um, So, yeah, moving on to your pick, Andy. Um, One of the series that has always been on my, like, to-do list for this show with, like, the, like, 800-pound gorilla asterisk next to it of, oh, boy, oh, boy, this is going to be a whole thing to talk about. So, Andy, please take it away. Yeah. So, I mean, really, this is just another story of two girls hanging out. Um, I mean, yes, <laughs> in, a, in a way. In a sense. Um, so, yeah, my, my pick for this episode is uh, Gunsmith Cats, which is, I, for some reason, like, recently the anime of this has been kind of just living rent-free in my head, uh, mostly because it has, like, one of the greatest openings of all time. <gasps> is this a, is um, this a hot announcement? For your for your other life, Andy. <laughs> no, no. I mean, anime, anime, <laughs> sorry. Anime, anime, anime go released this as a Kickstarter on Blu-ray, which oh, they did, I, didn't they? Yeah, because I remember they did which, Riding Bean. Yeah, yeah, which I, I own. And um, but yeah, so so yeah, my pick is Gunsmith Cats. Uh, it is by uh, Kenichi Sonoda. Um, this first volume is an omnibus, so it's two volumes re- in reality. Uh, published by Dark Horse. Uh, translators are Dana Lewis and Torrin Smith. Um, it is complete at four omnibus volumes. Um, as mentioned, yes, there is an anime. Um, and it is available physically and digitally. Um, as a gunsmith cats, um, our, our protagonist is the fantastically named Rally Vinson. Like if I wish I had a name like Rally Vinson. It's super uh, good. <laughs> it's super good. Um, and put simply, she's, she's really into guns. Um, and as such, of course, she runs a, a gun store. Like she sells guns, she customizes guns, she repairs guns, but that doesn't really bring in the big money. So, there's only one thing to do as your side hustle, I guess, if you're big into guns, and that's to be a bounty hunter, um, which is, you know, quite, quite, quite the second job. Um, hey, man, it's America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is America. Yeah, like this is set in the US, but still, like, and I guess this is the time before, like, you know, having Uber and Deliveroo. So I guess oh, for this sure. Is the- this, this is the this is the only kind of gig economy that is open in like the the, the early nineties, um, and so yeah, she's a bounty hunter. She kind of hangs out with uh, May Hopkins, who, as it turns out, is seventeen, um, which is sort of important as one of those aforementioned asterisks as more, we get through the series. Yeah, more to come on that later, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, um, and really. The, the the series is mostly kind of an excuse for a lot of stories that involve guns and cars. Um, Kenichi Sonoda is, the, the afterward mentions this, and it's very obvious before you even get to that, is massively into guns. Like, the guns are kind of the main characters sometimes in chapters where you sort of take a time out in the middle of a fight to talk about the specifics of a certain gun and why its spring-loaded mechanism is superior and how this Eastern European gun was really good until it got cool and then they started mass-producing it and made it worse etc etc that that Um, entire section is actually also something that i have like i fully buy into that and it's hilarious because this was written in like early 90s before wikipedia like he had to go out of his way to research this it's not like he just happened across that knowledge like yeah guy went uh, out of his way (laughs) 
Yeah, well, and I fully suspect he already knew all of this stuff and was just like, I need to tell somebody about this gun. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it has it has the ghost in the shell, like brain dump aspect of, aha, while I have an audience, finally, I can transmit this energy and desire I have to talk yeah. about this. Yeah. It's like and, and finding so- a friend and then cornering them and saying, hey, have you seen my Pokemans? <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes even the characters talking about it isn't enough and you get a little kind of like sidebar of text of Libra like, oh, and also, I also need to tell you this other thing about I love guy. those little notes because they're the, they're the bit that's even more dorky, where yeah. it's like, oh, let's explain this ammunition type. And it's like, well, we can't have Rally say that because it's too boring. Yeah, so. it, 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 exactly. And it also does this with its its cars a little bit as well. <laughs> like, it definitely gets a little bit kind of top geary of just like, oh, this is a V8, Thousand horsepower, blah blah blah. I mean, that's um, the reason why Rally has a side horse is because all, all her cars cost a bomb to repair. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and and she does, yeah, she does write them off on the regular. So, um, which, yeah, kind of t- takes you back to the main thrust when they're not talking about guns. Is obviously it's mostly kind of Rally's bounty hunting exploits alongside May, who is an explosives aficionado. And to be honest, if there's one thing I love about like a character in anything, it's that they're big into explosives. I don't know why. I just always enjoy somebody that just likes blowing stuff up, and that's kind of their thing. The early '90s Megamin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly, exactly that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a whole bunch of kind of stories about you know various um, bounty hunting exploits. Um, we mentioned Riding Bean, like Bean Bandit is kind of a recurring sort of side character that pops up in here as well. <laughs> and his of- and his chin. <laughs> and his chin, yeah. I mean, he literally gets referred to as that before, like, um, Rally and May kind of learn his name of just like, yeah, that dude with the chin. Even in the silhouette, is, it appears. Yeah, which is, is accurate. Um, so yeah, like the whole kind of Synodiverse is sort of, you know, on, on, on show here. Um, and I, I will say, like, for, for me, we can get into some of the nitty gritty of how 90s this is for good and ill um mm. in in a bit but like generally speaking this was kind of much as this is split into two volumes it was actually a little bit of a a, a book of two halves for me like the first volume of it is quite dry in a sense because it is very focused on the guns and mm. all of the paraphernalia and it doesn't it tries to do really cool kind of action scenes and stuff, and I feel like it never quite manages to pull it off, and it never quite makes the kind of stories interesting enough to really make me sit up. When it gets into the second volume, it kind of feels like it has a bit more material to work with. Like, you have more returning characters, mm. you know, like Rally being a bounty hunter, she's starting to make some quite high-profile enemies who kind of want to come back and give her her comeuppance. You know, as mentioned, like, you know, Bean Bandit becomes a recurring character. And I, I feel like it it starts to flourish a bit more from just having those recurring characters and having... The, the stakes feel a bit more kind of personal like oh, it's yeah. not it's not just this kind of you know or monster of the week except it's kind of bounty hunt of the week like there's something ongoing like stories kind of continue to sort of progress and develop and and, and i mean you also you know in terms of may's character again perhaps for good and ill like you at least you you get a decent backstory for like where she's come from you know her relationships and stuff and i think you know that does actually give a bit more weight to things as well. Like, I kind of wish that Rally got a bit more of that. Because she's sort of a bit of a sort of uh, question mark. She's a bit of a blank page in that, like, we know she likes guns, but we don't really know, like, how she ended up liking guns. How did she came to run a gun shop? How she came to be a bounty hunter? Like, she has pre-existing relationships with, like, the police and etc. Like, she has some ins there who kind of you know look look out for her and kind of you know give her tip-offs and stuff and like there are some really interesting stories and interrelationships there that are just kind of written as is of just like yeah this is this is this is these characters and like that's fine but i kind of i would like to know a bit more about rally as a character and what her drivers are beyond cars and guns (laughs) and paying for the repairs of said cars and guns yeah. yeah there's there's a really like rally in particular is like I know this is very mean, perhaps a bit mean, but she is basically like the perfect character, um, where, you know, you rolled really well on the character sheet creation and you forgot to actually make a backstory for them because you were like, hot damn, she's got like a 28 in fucking dexterity. And she's like, like, that's kind of the problem. The first volume as well is that she's basically a gun wizard in that, like, 
when it's not talking at length about how su- how excellent the gun is, she is like, you know, her typical move is to shoot people's thumbs off so they can't pull the trigger or pull the hammer back to fire the gun. And it's, you know, she is like on-site, perfect encyclopedic knowledge of guns, which, you know, it becomes a bit too sugoi, <laughs> really. That's the yeah. problem is that Rally is too awesome for a good amount of time. And also, like the Kenichi Sonoda, like you can tell they've like the one thing I'll say about this ahead of ahead of this is that the series has this amazing power of feeling perfectly fully formed and like ready to go from page one. Like you have been dropped into the entire perfect mind palace of what Kenichi Sonoda wants to subject you to from the very, very first get go. It's just like, oh, we're already running. Like even if it's taking a little bit to find its stride with pacing, this world is fully formed and now I'm landing in it. You know, you you do you get characters introduced very easily, and then later elaborated like um, Becky, the informant lady with freckles, um, and so everything just kind of goes from second one. But part of the problem, is, as as you say, is there's no real backstory to Rally, especially not in this first volume. It's been a long time since I read the rest of it. But also, like she's 19 and she runs a gun store and is a bounty hunter, and that's a big, that's a lot of stuff to have in your CV for being 19. And it's like. You mentioned about her contacting the police and sort of her handler. And it's like, well, that they have a cool relationship. But at the same time, how do you fit that into her life? Like, mm. there's not much time left unless she was like, you know, because Minnie Mae, they kind of explain her backstory. Um, and, you know, what, you know, something that also attracted censorship in previous editions of this released in English because, oops. Um, uh, and they explain her backstory and they kind of give her like, uh, you know, what she's been doing. And then Rally is just kind of this perfect, amazing character who very clearly, like, you know, Kenichi Snowda had in mind. And so it does really help with the ability of dropping you straight into, oh, there's no need to set up the gun store. There's no need to set up these characters and have them introduced to each other. We're just going. Um, you know, the first chapter has the store being renamed from Gunsmith Cat to Gunsmith Cat's because Minnie Mae is taken on as a full-time employee. So it's kind of a nice little way to jump you in. Um, from what I understand is that this series started after the magazine that uh, Bean Bandit was being serialized in closed. And um, I believe Kenichi Sonoda couldn't sell a continuation to another publisher. but So he put another series in the same world. And that's why Bean Bandit turns up. Because it's like, hey, I haven't given up on this guy. I still had stories to tell, damn it. So, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. as you say, there is like a real intense Sonodaverse. It's also one of these things where like going back, you're like, this thing is so fully formed from the get-go and yet it's the regular eight eight chat eight volumes and you know it it's not so popular it's not so well known i suppose nowadays but it definitely has like a very large monumental like obelisk pyramid style existence within anime for good and ill perhaps um especially when it comes to some reactions to mini may and mini may's whole deal where it's like ah oh, yes this is anime. Oh man, I wish some of this wasn't anime. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I think you know, to, g- going back to kind of rally as gun wizard as yeah. well. Like, I, I think honestly, like one of the best parts of these two volumes is a point where, like, she gets into a scrape where she ends up with broken ribs, and it basically, as you would imagine kind of hard to fire a gun when you have a massive pain in your ribs whenever you fire the things and like that actually i mean she still ends up being kind of a bit too awesome for the fights that like come out of that but it sort of it it serves as a little bit of a leveler to be like okay you can't you know you can't fire as accurately because you've got this massive pain in your ribs every time you fire and it's like that's kind of that makes that more compelling it's the first time where it really feels like oh this could end really badly here because you know you are not you are not the obvious kind of like savant in this fight yeah well she's a sure gun savant but the body says no especially given like all of her proclivities lean towards you know larger calibers and hot ammunition where they put more gunpowder in so it's this is also what happens to you if you fucking watch gun youtube videos to learn about them is you end up weirdly knowledgeable and you're like oh man i'm gonna get put on a watch list or something for this (laughs) um so, I mean, that's also the sort of thing where, like, whereas nowadays I can go onto YouTube and type in forgotten weapons and get 
untold hours of gun nerdery like again kenichi snoda had to go out and get this information himself um and you know has opinions like in like the aforementioned um czech pistol where uh, you know i was reading it going yeah i knew that yeah but i knew about it from a youtube video this guy had to fucking like form opinions and then express them forthrightly in manga form again it's like it's like ghost in the shell when everyone suddenly breaks out into philosophical talk and you're like what Oh God. Oh God. Cause everyone just knows this shit and they're talking about it and good for yeah. them. It's one of those yeah. things that makes characters in anime seem hyper competent because there's a screenwriter behind them. Um, but no, the action itself is good fun. Like, you know, as I say, it gets a bit disappointing when Rally just like does the magical shot, which blows off someone's thumb. Um, but uh, as you say, like once you get the recurring character of Grey turning up and being a massive shithole, frankly, uh, you know, massive asshole and, you know, recurring threat. Uh, because there is kind of the useful, it's going to sound weird, but there's the useful out that Rally is a bounty hunter, but she's not paid for dead people. Like she's chasing down people who've skipped bail, basically, like a bail bondsman. And so got to keep them alive. And so, you know, if someone has contacts and an organization behind them and like, you know, people who are backing them up, they're going to find a way to come back and fuck up your life if you're not careful. And that's kind of what really boosts it like the first as you said the first volume has bonnie and clyde haha um who again is like almost too gun wizardy about it i suppose mm. gun warlock really um and that gets a bit daft um even with like just the series is never shy about showing you the fun thing it's about to do it's like hey this character's turned their prosthetic leg into a shotgun ain't that sweet and i'm like this is literally chekhov's gun in a leg like this this gun is going off in the next 10 pages or my name is not elliot page yeah yeah and it, it has that sort of like as it, a more modern comparison it has that kind of like john wick-esque abandon about it of like oh, we yeah. know what you're here for we know that you're here for gunfights and car chases and we're going to give you all of those Oh, what's that? You're you're all um, an entirely male audience. Well, I guess you'll want some sex and nudity and fan service as well, which is the other thing that kind of gets laden in here quite a bit. Um, like, I mean, I, I lost count of how many times like a fight somehow involved like Rally losing her skirt or trousers, and it's just like how how do you even do this so often? I'm really not sure. Yeah, there's multiple cases where you you know it flows very nicely, and it's not like the it doesn't it's not like the walking on a bath sort of nudity. It's more a case of you're reading it and then suddenly you'll look down and realize hey wait how did she lose her trousers what the fuck <laughs> and it's like well it all made sense at the time but now like i feel like i shouldn't be reading this in public because all of a sudden rally is missing half of her top and yes rally is drawn to be highly attractive um but he's not just like you know sex pot object ago um although i feel like some of the scenes with Minnie may are almost like Huh, Kenichi Sonoda, did you draw yourself in as this Ken character Ken? I'm slightly worried about you, my man. Like, yeah. this is, this, that's, a, that's, you know, well, we got to talk about it at some point. So yeah, Minnie May is 17 in this series, which already feels very young to be an explosives expert. And she has a like boyfriend slash someone she knew who helped her out four years ago called Ken. Um, but in the original release of this, um, she was, um, aged up to 18. Um, because when she meets Ken, she basically gives him a blowjob, like very tastefully represented through negative space in this. Um, but it's like, oh man, shit, we're publishing something. And then this revised edition gave, put her back down to 17. But then you like yeah. learn her past at working at a Chinatown brothel. And that's like, Yee. and everyone's really positive. I mean, it's, it's nice to have sex positivity, but at the same time, it's really bizarre having characters going like, Oh, I remember you. You were like the super good child prostitute. And it's like, ah, that's a, ew, that's dicey, my guy. Like that's, that's just bad vibes all around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it is, it is kind of strange. Cause yeah, like, I mean, the, the, the aforementioned like, um, blowjob scene, like that's, that's not Ken either. That's somebody else because she oh, has yeah, to no, get, you're she right. has to get, she has to get into, because like basically there's a whole thing where they have to infiltrate this kind of like, you know, high class, well, high class, like high stakes, like brothel, and high net worth. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of how you start getting in on her, her on her backstory because, like, she just jumps up, like, yeah, well, I'll do it. Like, I, I can, I, I can hang in this yeah, kind of crowd. I feel like there is like it's a very strange piece of like fan service where it's not just like 
hey, hey, she's giving someone a blowjob. It's the fact that, like, the series is very keen to tell you that Minnie Mae is down to fuck. Like, mm. Minnie Mae is super down to fuck and is sex and is, you know, sex potish and off she goes. And at the same time, it's like, if you bring up back up, if you bring up her past, it's like, oh man, you fucking stepped on a landmine, one that she probably built herself. And yeah. it's real dicey and it's, it, it definitely has a certain element of cake and eat it where it's like, yes, this character was a former, you know, child prostitute and that has left some scars on her. But also at the same time, it's like, there's a few weird steps missing where it's like, and now she's Minnie Mae. And it's like, I, uh, I don't know how to feel about, I don't feel good about this, frankly. Like Elliot, yeah. I'm Elliot worried here. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the weird part about it. Cause like you say, like th- there is a certain part of it where it's like, you know, I sort of appreciate sort of her character and that she gets rounded out with that backstory i do kind of appreciate like the sex positivity angle of it where she's just like she just kind of owns it as like no this is who i am yeah but it also yeah like you say it because of the way that it is frames and because of uh, as much as i think uh, because of other characters reaction to it i mean again even the aforementioned brothel thing like nobody really talks uh, tries to talk her out of that it's just Raddy's just like are you sure and it's like oh, yeah okay I guess I guess that's yeah. okay then and, and it's like maybe that should be a, like under no circumstances are you to do this but she goes and does it anyway rather than a kind of resign like oh okay I guess you're best suited for this yeah it kind of turns into like a weird like you don't have to hand it to them problem um yeah as I say the fact that you've got Ken there and it's like Sonoda, are you just self-inserting here? This is making me feel un- uncertain. And, you know, I don't know how much you have to lean on this. But again, it's also part of what makes a series really interesting as a read and just as an object is that how fully formed the whole thing is. Like, I feel like as, as dumb as this sounds, it's like, yeah, Minnie Mae is perfectly formed for this story and is a, a fully realized character in this person's head. But when translated onto the page and then read like 20 plus years, no, wait, 30 plus years later, it becomes a bit of a case of, oh, woof, okay, are you sure about that, my guy? Like, you know, even the most gross isekai is still a bit squeamish at times about some stuff, which, yeah. you know, makes it weird. Well, and, and, and again, I mean, you know, the, the 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 problem is is it's it's not even kind of having its cake and eating it with some of the depictions there like it's very much doing it for titillation like, oh yeah there's no kind of like th- there's no kind of other side to that of like yeah but this is maybe oh yeah there's no there's okay. no vacillation it is all go 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 yeah um, and- and and I, I and I think that's that's where kind of the issue is is like there's no kind of there's no pause or there's no kind of like commentary to the point of just like yeah maybe this is like you know great great that you've kind of found your place and you're owning your sexuality etc etc but also like man this uh, you've had a rough life and maybe we should talk about this a bit as well yeah maybe you just need to chill out for a bit um and not be around the like smell of cordite the whole damn time um maybe we can just chalk it up to the fact that both rally and mini uh may are like basically constantly surrounded by um perhaps not the most healthy of chemicals in gunpowder and you know other explosives it's like i'm sure there's like maybe there's an excuse you could write some kind of hilarious overly long paper or essay about oh yeah the brain damage of the main characters of gunsmith cats Uh, but that's turning it into like a stupid twitter joke almost yeah yeah Um, and and i mean again kind of talking about from like the titillation angle i mean there's also a masturbation scene involving mini may as well which is also like that didn't need to be in there at all for any other reason than to be like hey look at this haha and it's like you know that 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 was that was very much you know not plot relevant it's fair to say yeah and plus like you know there's more than one case when it's like okay we need to introduce some threat into this um this like scene let's have an implication of rape and it's like oh cool like that's that's what's happening immediately is it okay fine like yeah it it definitely has it definitely has that very juvenile like I got, you know, I'm, I'm writing this manga. I need to make use of this and set this up. Let's make it sexually sort of charged and slightly uncomfortable and just highly uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the, the other, the other kind of elephant in the room there. But yeah, like any kind of moment of threat around kind of, yeah, like rally or, or Minnie Mae or, or, or Becky, like it's always down to, oh, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always a rape threat, like every single time. Like, you know, it's kind of, it, it, if there's any kidnap or anything, it's like that is the default. Like that is the, the kind of bare minimum that it's going to go to. And like, like you say, yeah, that's kind of, kind of lazy. Yeah. It's, it just, it makes it, 
you know as i say skeevy and also makes it very a lot more boring when it's like oh okay character is in in peril oh and this is now sexually charged and this character is clearly upset about what happened their previous run-in and you know shotgun foot is now horny for revenge and also just horny and it's like i Sonoda, like, ah, you know, it's, it's very much a case where it's like, this, this feels like the whole ass id of, um, the author put on display and it's found this outlet, which again makes it feel really well formed and the clarity of purpose is blinding. But then you turn the page and there's, as you say, masturbation scene and it's like, I, I didn't need that. I really didn't need that. And it doesn't really do anything. And if anything, it's, it's one of these great, defl- it's one of those awful deflationary moves where it's like, Oh, I was actually really high on this series. And now it's like the, the air went and out the balloon of my excitement. It's just like, bleh. you know, you, you see the page and you go, Ah, oh, this sucks. Like this makes it really boring all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 And, and I think ultimately that's kind of like, that that's where sort of this series kind of comes down on like you know how how willing you are to kind of sit with that stuff versus the kind of like this is kind this is kind of manga john wick and it's like you know there's there's very much an equation that it's very much a personal one i think in terms of like you know how how you can vibe with all of that um in a, in a single package because yeah like mm. at, at its best sort of action-packed moments like it's really like the again especially in that second half of it there were parts where it it just kind of flew by because it was oh, kind of yeah. gripping there was a bit of you know insider police conspiracy stuff going on there's a car chase happening people are shooting at each other there's you know there's all this stuff going on and it's all kind of it all kind of sits together really well and at its peak it's like and, and this is why like the, the anime is so entertaining because oh, yeah. it takes all of that and puts it into motion really well um but then yeah it has those kind of quieter flatter moments where it it feels like it has to fill the, the air with something and it's usually kind of fan service or something sexual that's just like yeah that didn't that didn't need to be there yeah especially when you know you've got the characters and you're you know the characters are nice to and fun but also at the same time it's like who the fuck talks like this oh characters in the kenichi kenichi sonoda verse as it turns out but yeah like it does a bunch of stuff really cool stuff with the car chases and like there is a really funny moment where like a girl almost gets isekai'd decades ahead of time but due to like magical action movie logic she survives um what could have been a very messy end um sans one plot critical jacket um which helps undo the bad guy um which is fun and also frankly like it's gonna sound real dumb but one of the nice things is that the bad guys are massive assholes and you do not feel bad for them one bit it's just like man fuck that guy oh i'm glad he got shot in the leg so you know and also frankly that is one thing that's weirdly nice about it is that no being shot fucking hurts like it really fucking sucks to get shot so yeah 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 i I mean that that is this kind of thing that yeah like for for whether it's action movies or something like this you know it usually kind of fast forward to the point of like and then their injuries were healed and we're back to normal now like it is kind of enjoyable like beyond the the luffy problem the the plot benefit of it like it is enjoyable to have like rallies like nah like you know i've basically like i've got a broken arm and fractured ribs here but i still got to do my job i've still got to earn money um yeah but you don't need to fire a colt 45 in your underground fucking shooting range like lay off for a fucking week (laughs) class come on yeah i mean a a good a good depiction of her obsession i guess um but but yeah like all of that stuff's good and again even even the cars like yeah the fact the cars get written off and she ends up with a different car like obviously that's partly like creatures of sonata just been like i want to draw a new car but also like it's kind of enjoyable as part of that like oh yeah like you know i'm gonna i'm stuck with this higher car for a bit oops i've written this off as well yeah it is funny when in a later moment rally goes yeah i'm actually not insurable anymore (laughs) it's like yeah no shit i wonder why it's like how, how were you in the first place as a 19 year old driving this muscle car again america um okay, yes you just have to i mean you have to view it as one america two america during like a jumped up crime wave and three america viewed from the perspective of you know otaku nerd in japan viewing it through whatever lens they have in the early 90s and it's like it, america chicago crime city baby 
baby like it, yeah. it almost feels it almost but doesn't quite and i would have loved to have seen this but it almost gets like judge dreadish it points when it's like man how the fuck does this even function <laughs> yes yeah i mean it's it is yeah it, it, it is absolutely one of those and, and yeah and, and that's that's i think again part of that balance is like the, the enjoyable stuff is like you can tell that Kanichi Sonoda spent a lot of time watching Miami Vice, etc. Et oh yeah, all, all the big kind of like American crime police like cop shows of that era. There like is Beverly a mention Hills of cop, cops of in stuff. this. I don't know if that's a localization, yes, but, it, yeah. but that's a really good. That's a really good cut. When I'm like, oh man, that's a great bit of either localization or writing. When it's yeah. like character, the sensible character who's the driver is like. Hey, fucking knock it off and get in the van. Like you are, you are wrecking. You are going to cause problems, and then the problems happen. So, and 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 I think this is also, you know, when it comes to this, is like recommendation or not. Like, I I'd be curious to to what people who who are of 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 a a younger age, not that there are many than me, um, because like you know, this is as as someone who was brought up as like a kid in the eighties and a teenager in the nineties. Like, I kind of have that same pathway of like, of course, like we all watched like Beverly Hills Cop and stuff when we were like kids. And we're just like, oh, this is this is cool. This is what being like a cop in America is like. And you know, <laughs> and, and, and you know, and the eighties was like a decade of like you know, cool ass movies, which cool you should probably not action. make anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like cool ass action movies that yeah would would not pass the standard test of time today. And it's like you know, it, it was an, an era of that kind of thing. So I kind of enjoy it with that sort of you know retroactive lens of just like yeah, this is kind of like a, almost a little slice of my childhood like projected through this very specific lens um but like if you're maybe a 20 something that didn't have that background this maybe sits very differently with you yeah i would love if there is anyone like younger than 30 who listens to this podcast i hope you're out there but i'd love to hear what you think about this especially if you are like a zoomer or something because like i mean you know as i say like when i was growing up and even in my like crappy shitty small town like you know, my first exposures to anime were Akira, Ghost in a Shell, and Dominion Tank Police. And I think Dominion Tank Police especially is the one that this gravitates more towards because, hey, sex and cars and guns and bee and this is like an OVA that is just wilding out sort of thing. And, you know, I got that off a fucking PlayStation magazine because I didn't have a PlayStation, but damn, I wanted to see Dominion friggin' Tank Police um, as a kid. And, you know, especially because, you know, this is the exact sort of thing that gets it's like cited either directly or indirectly by an outraged Daily Mail story being like, they're perverting our children with, you know, this is the exact, for better, as I say, for better and for worse, this is like anime of a certain era with, you know, habits of a certain era. But I would love to know what someone, you know, especially someone now in the current anime milieu and growing up now, you know, like someone like imagine if someone whose like first anime series was like random isekai number five, and then it's like, hey, watch this. It's like it, I feel like that's offering drugs to a child or something. Um, so kind of worrying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, again, it, it's in in a similar vein. You know, like we covered City Hunter on this podcast at some point. Uh, we did, a yeah, while back, and you know that that lives in a very similar space where like that is a very strange thing to look at now with modern sensibilities because it, it you know it was created in a very different era and environment um and, and i i feel like city hunter maybe doesn't stand the test of time quite as well, well as this does in you, certain ways I mean, you but, say like, that, but there is when i was in japan last year there was a new city hunter movie out movie oh yeah. yeah and it's like there i i didn't i didn't look into it too much but i'm like well how much have they changed the characters especially the like oh man look at this tomboy holy shit Whoa! and now it's like yeah if anything she's the better character of all this lot <laughs> like uh, she's way more but way more relatable now whoops <laughs> so god knows yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so if, if if you are if you are younger than us, then yeah, please please do let us know if you read Gunsmith Cats to see what you make of it. You know, this is an omnibus, so it's two volumes in one. Uh, there's a sequel series called Gunsmith Cats Burst, which I think lasted for five volumes, which is also released by by um, Dark Horse. I've not read that one because um, he kind of came back to it a number of years later. But Kenichi Sonoda is real wild because like. You know, he's, he's known and has an impact on the space, as I say, partially because of the sheer clarity and direction of his vision, you know, being bandit and, you know, some of his later works, which kind of get less interesting because they get less, um, car porny or gun porny and just turn into porny porny almost. Like, Canon God Exaxion is like a mecha series by Kenichi Sonoda, which is, 
I don't know. It's, there's something intensely stupid about it. Like there's an entire, like halfway through the series, it takes a pause to force the main character to lose his virginity so he can pilot the robot better. It's, I feel like he watched Evangelion and got fed up with Shinji and said, I'll fucking show you. <laughs> um, and yeah, it talks a lot about gun calibers because the entire point of the robot is a, but no, the, the thing that's wild about Kenichi Sonoda is that his output is not that voluminous. It's really intense in how fully formed and yet not very big it is. Um, in terms of length and you know as far as i'm aware he hasn't really done too much drawing apart from the odd piece of stuff on his twitter feed and runs a confectionery shop like a japanese traditional confectionery store and you know he helped make a new suite and i feel like this is like the character in shirobaka who leaves his job to become a patissiere halfway through and then it, the series keeps checking in to go yep he's still happy with his life and it's like oh good <laughs> but- yeah, you see, you see the, the, the problem is having read this like i also feel like if you were to visit the Kanichi just like sweet shop and just be like i'd like to see the special menu and then you go into the basement and it's just all guns or it's, like an, or it's just an opai bun yeah it's like that that's my head canon is that actually like this confectionery store is actually a gun shop and it's just like it's all underground you just need to know the right secret code and he'll take you and like sell you his guns yeah there is a certain like weird gunonum joy to them of good for you kenichi sonoda you found a way to like enjoy and indulge in all the things you like and i'm sure this manga is helping you buy even more worryingly accurate versions of airsoft guns because holy cow those things are terrifying when you see them it's just like this is an actual mp5 and they're like oh it's accurate to the weight and it's like if you took this to America, you would be dead. Like, you know, the, the border guards would shoot you before even doing anything. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's the point, but yeah, Jesus. But, yeah. But, and, and I do think that that is also one of the things that kind of makes gunsmith cats work is it does feel like a labor of love. Like you can feel the enjoyment of the author oh, on every sure. page, like whether it's the cars or the guns or the sex or just the characters. Like, I mean, again, gunsmith cats reading the afterwards, like started out like, Oh yeah, I drawn this illustration of these two girls. And they're like, you should make that a manga. So I did. Yeah. Um, but it's like, again, it's, it feels like everything that is on the page is a thing that Kenichi Sonoda thinks is awesome. And it's kind of hard for that not to sort of percolate through to some extent of just like, you're kind of right. Some of this is actually quite awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's like, it's, you know, you know, I, there's a lot of arguments we made about like guilty pleasures are just pleasures, but at the same time, it is very much a case of like, oh, this rules because this guy is just indulging full on and good for them. And it does lead to everything be feeling like the word I put in my notes is rambunctious. You know, it's like, you know, someone has found a thing that is fun to do and isn't really hurting anyone, but it's like, guy, calm down. You know, it's like someone found a a cap gun and they're just going nuts with it. Um, And yeah, it's it's fun as a result because it's just like, yeah, I've made a world and put these characters I like into it and I'm going to have them do the stuff I like. And there's going to be this really threatening, frightening guy who fucking barrets himself with a fucking knife arm. And, you know, of course he makes careful note of the type of steel he used because that will be important later and you know it does but at the same time it doesn't like bog down or like you know there isn't a status screen that pops up like i'm sorry to have another popper isekai again but it's not like it stops and brings up rally's character sheet or you know it it talks about the guns but it doesn't give you the full-on wikipedia page thank god Mm. Uh, mostly because wikipedia didn't exist at this point but you know, there's a, there's a rambunctious fun to the whole damn thing, which does make it great fun to read through with the bit massive caveat of, oh boy, some of this stuff is pretty dicey, you know, and blah. so your mileage may vary on that account. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, like I, I think I, I may well end up reading a bit more of this at some point. Like again, this, this is relatively sort of easy reads. Um, in, in, in you know, beyond perhaps of the more objectionable stuff, but yeah. like it's not, it, it's, it's not, it's not a big kind of like head scratcher. So it's quite, you know, if if you're in that sort of like I just want a dumb action movie kind of mood, like this is kind of like the manga equivalent of that. And sometimes I can appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I bought the entire thing physically once upon a time and had to sell it for space reasons but i've bought it again digitally and don't regret it a slightest like the translation's really good the localization is extremely good um it's i mean 
while I've written Boo Hiss about Dark Horse in our document, like it's a really good edition of this series. Like it is kind of a definitive version of it. Mm -hmm. And it looks really nice on the page. The characters are drawn really well. Like everything is drawn with a love and a verve, which is kind of like frankly intense. And the whole thing, as I say, it moves. It's fun. Like once it gets over the initial sort of like, ah, this isn't really grabbing me hump. It really gets going. And it's a good old time. Like, you know, it is, you know, in a way, manga John Wick, um, you know, wouldn't it be cool if there was a female John Wick series? That'd be good. Um, who knows? Free idea there, Hollywood, um, or wherever. So yeah, I, I, as I say, there's a lot of, there's some caveats to this, but I really enjoy this. It's a really fun, rip roaring time. And I haven't watched those OAVs in at least a decade and a half. So I should probably re watch them at some point. Um, cause I remember we're reading and watching them when I was younger and it was like, yeehaw, you know, pair of revolvers shooting into the ceiling feeling. Um, yeah. Good old it, times. It looks, it looks real good on Blu-ray as well. Oh yeah. They, they drew every cell of that damn thing. So it, it's one of those cases where it's like, oh man, like people worked real fucking hard on this. Mm -hmm. Oh dear. And yeah, it is funny also just the presentation of America. As like crime land, so yeah, 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 it's very, very typical in that in that sense. I mean, where's the lie? Um, but have you any last thoughts about this, Andy? No, I think that's everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's been Gunsmith Cats Omnibus Edition. Um, so yeah, what we're talking about next time? So I have picked something a little fluffier, um, a little more relaxed, less guns. Um, although there is a shotgun wedding, that is. Um, I've picked 365 Days to the Wedding, Volume One. The main reason I did is because it's by the author of The World God Only Knows, one of my favourite series, which has not been released in English and at this point probably never will see the light of day due to length and age, um, and rather awkward set up but anyway so that's their new, their, new, their new series and yeah we'll have a look at that and andy how about you yeah so i i've been wimping out on picking this for a while oh same I, like <laughs> I, I i couldn't anymore so i had to pick it, it we're, we're, we're getting back on the nagata cabby train uh with uh, my pancreas broke but my life got better which at least seems like uh, the, the second part of that title is quite upbeat so i'm hopeful yeah it almost feels like that friend who's like no no it's fine it's fine you know it's, i don't mind i don't mind at all and it's like i trust you even less now <laughs> yeah so i'm looking forward to this i've also been wussing out from um picking this so let's 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 do it together <laughs> cool so thank you very much for listening uh moving into close down you can find our website at screentone.club with all of our previous episodes we have our patreon as mentioned which you can find at join.screentone.club uh where you can join the screen tone club rah, and get bonus episodes as you as the ability to vote on what we cover in those bonus episodes um we have a twitter and a blue sky account which are at screen tone club you can email us at show at screentone.club if you so wish uh, my name is elliot page and you can find me at elliot page on blue sky mostly nowadays although honestly i should probably just rename it to the, my cat really at this stage um because that's what appears on there and andy how about you uh, yeah you can find me on blue sky at hannah's yes great so from both of us um thank you very much and good night bye everyone bye